The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G Cobb and Micah Warren. What's going on, everybody? How you doing? This is G Cobb in the House on VoiceAmericaSports.com. I'm Micah Warren, and I, can everyone hear me okay? Is, there, is, is Haran and G on with me now? This is Haran. Haran is right here. Haran, what's going on, buddy? Okay, I guess G isn't on yet. G will be joining us. Uh, just let me know if you can't hear me because it's, a couple things are cutting in and out for me. Um, but what a good week. What a good week we got. Also, yeah. uh, in, the second, in, the fifth, the, in the second segment and third segment, we're going to have former Eagle great wide receiver Mike Quick joining us. That's going to be good. Talk to him about the birds a little bit. Um, we, we can't really ignore the Phillies, though, even though we tend to. Uh, they uh, if, you, if you didn't notice, maybe you didn't hear. Ray Allen had a pretty good last week. Hello. Well, it didn't, but they came back anyway because the Reds looked spooked. Uh, and then Hamels was just brilliant in Game Three. They just mopped up the Reds. I mean, it was it was bad. So they are now on the NLCS game one tomorrow night against Lincecum against Halliday, which is pretty much must see TV. Uh, Haram, what did you think about the series? I mean. The Reds were so bad defensively, it honestly looked like the Marlins out there. Uh, um, you think they were... I didn't, I didn't get it. Um, I, didn't, I didn't watch the Reds play, uh, of course, all season, but the hair that they were, they had one of the least er- errors or the, one of the best fielding percentages in the league, and I watched them just, it seemed like they handed the games away. I'm not complaining about it, <laughs> but to watch what... What they did throughout that whole series was amazing. Yeah, it was, you know, um, a couple people put it forth to me. They said, um, "Well, it's because the Phillies are so good. They felt like they had to be perfect, and then they started making mistakes." I don't know if I buy into that. I mean, the Phillies have a, a really good team, but I mean, Scott Rowland does not miss those plays. I mean, say what you want about his bat over the years, uh, it has declined. But defensively, I mean. It's like you said, these guys, you know, you look at their defensive numbers, and they were just insane. And supposedly their offense is supposed to be great. The Phillies shut them down, too. Um, it, it was really the Phillies series to win. But when you look at game two, Oswald comes out, he's not pitching well. I don't know what Ali was doing. He airmailed a couple of them over to Ryan Howard that, that kept the uh, innings alive and scored runs. If they win that game, it could have been a completely different ball game. Because now you're going 1-1 back to Cincinnati. And essentially, you right. did your job. Um, and I guess you sent Halliday back out there. I mean, right, and that, that kind of changes changes the way things go for for the um, the league championship series because it's possible that Halliday wouldn't. Well, I guess with the layover, he still would have been able to start Game One of the uh, of the league championship series. But um, for regardless, how much pressure the Phillies put on people. 
a four to not, four to uh, four to nothing lead um, isn't something that you just give away like that, especially in the manner that they gave away gave away that lead. So, no, it's Haran so, still on. He's he's cutting out. Uh, Haran is right here. <laughs> okay, because when you were speaking, it's kind of dying on me. I don't know if anybody else is in in the control room there is getting that. Uh, but I'm sorry about that. But uh, to moving on to the, to the league championship series, are you all right with Blanton pitching? I mean, he pitched, um, technically he pitched well in the playoffs in late, and he was a reason they won the World Series. There was there was a question the other night on the radio about um, what do the Eagles? I mean, what do the sorry, what do the Phillies do in Game Four if they're down two games at night, two games of one? Um, do they put Blanton in, or do they put um, Holiday back in for Game Four? Um, personally, I will put Holiday in because right, I can't, can't afford hear. to go down two no, games or one. Is uh, should I try to reconnect? Is it me? Does anyone know? Um, it, it's it's a bad connection on both sides. It, it, it just sounds like a cell connection is dropping out. If it's me, okay. I'll, I'll reconnect, but I can't hear anything. Haran, you go ahead for a second. I'll call right back. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm gonna hang up. Okay. Haran, you can hear me now? Yeah, I'm back. <laughs> oh, I apologize. Okay, I can hear you now. I don't know. It must right. have been a connection issue. I stepped outside. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. I, I, I don't actually know. You know what? I don't know if it was you because it was doing it before on my end. So it's very possible it was on my end. Okay. Uh, my brand new iPhone 4. Don't you let me down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we were chatting a little Philly, is, Phillies and, and Giants. Um. How much do the Giants scare you? I know everyone talks about their pitching, and, and Lincecum is, oh, he was brilliant. He was brilliant in the last series. Uh, Kane is a problem, although I think they're starting Sanchez game two. Their pitching is good. I don't. I really don't know if their hitting's good enough. I, I, at some point, you got to score runs, right? Oh, definitely. Um, we've been hearing about the Giants pitching the last couple of years, um, even with the year that, Phillies got to the World Series. I think we was hearing about what would happen if the Phillies had to face them in a in a series. So now now you really get to see what what this matchup's gonna be like. I know in game one with Holiday and Lincecum matching up against each other, it seems like whoever scores the first run is gonna win the game. <laughs> yeah, you might have well, to go home that's after the that, right? Right there. <laughs> This is and this is my concern about the Giants because and it's not even about them not scoring runs. Uh, you look at the Phillies on paper, and, and last year even before the World Series, I, they had a phenomenal team last year. But I looked at the World Series, I said, you know, Yankees in six. Yankees are just a better team. This year, I think I really, really believe the Phillies have the best team left. Uh, they should win this on paper, but those power outages, I can't forget them. I, I mean, right. I, I really can't. That this lineup. It wasn't like a one-week slump. It wasn't a two-week slump. It was like a month of absolute garbage offense, and pretty much everyone, maybe not Ryan Howard, he did. He still was was hitting the ball. Just about everyone was culpable. That like it went from happen. Memorial Day to July the fourth. <laughs> it's bad. If that happens, now you're looking at one-to-one games, nothing-nothing games into the ninth. Anybody can win those. Exactly. You know, if that happens, and then, you know, maybe obviously the San Francisco pitching is going to affect that, but we saw this team go absolutely light switch off. I mean, you name the pitcher they played against, it didn't matter. I mean, that's my big concern. And my other concern, 
to a lesser degree. I mean, I, this isn't the 2008 bullpen, but I'm also not quite as terrified as last year. Uh, right. You have confidence if Lidge has to come in? If who has to come in? Lidge. Um, watching his, la- his last, like, I guess, five to six outings, I'm confident in him. He's, he's been pretty good. He's not the 48 for 48 Lidge, but he's doing enough to it where you, you're not looking at it like last year when you just, it was almost like last year you was comparing on the Lynch Williams in 93 in, in the World Series. So, yeah, um, he's definitely a step up. <laughs> well, he got lucky last year. I don't think he had any save opportunities. I mean, the only thing he really did was come in against the Yankees and he gave up a home run. To, right. Uh, was it to blow the lead <laughs> or to go down yeah, a run? One I don't of the remember. games he did blow the lead. <laughs> Okay. Last year. Um, so, but there really weren't a lot of opportunities for him. So I, we, we kind of got around that. Uh, but that's what happens when you know you're up ten three on the Dodgers. Right. That's a little bit concerned. I think you have to give the edge to their bullpen there. Uh, but it does come back to just hitting, and you know, at, at what point do we admit Jimmy Rollins just is never going to be great? He's never going to – he had a brilliant year in 2007. Even then he hit like 296. Okay, great. He's not a 296 hitter. Other than that year, he's really naughty. If you get 280 out of him, I think that's a good thing. We've been waiting for nine years for this guy to become a leadoff hitter. He just doesn't have the approach. Right. Um, he doesn't control the pitch count for one. So it, it definitely was a – it definitely saw an improvement once they made Victorino and Polanco the top two of the order. So uh, um, that there, that change right there, gives me a lot more confidence going into this series against, against uh, on the Giants. And then yeah, with and the, um, the pitching, the, the starting pitching, definitely the best thing about it is you got two guys, or at least three guys, that can do complete games. So um, you don't have to be as concerned about the bullpen because you know that you got got um, horses back, um, that that start. Yeah, as long as Holiday goes out and pitches no hitters. The bullpen's probably not going to be a problem. Right. That should be fine. <laughs> they, got, they got very lucky with those starts. They got very lucky with those starts. Uh, <laughs> but, but you're right. I mean, and, and some of the middle relief, I guess, I guess if you want to look at it this way, if you had some of those middle relievers coming in, something could have gone, something's probably wrong anyway. Right. And you're, you're probably in trouble. Um, but... You know, we'll we'll see what's going to happen. I mean, any any thoughts? I mean, that people. I, I've heard Phillies in six. Some say five. I mean, do you have any kind of idea what you're expecting out of this? I'm expecting a six game series. I don't I don't expect the Phillies to sweep. Um, I, I get the Giants a lot more credit than that. So, but I mean, they could sweep, but I, I just don't expect it to. Them to. Um, I'm I'm predicting Phillies in six because. I don't know what Oswald's going to do. I mean, he has a history, a very good history in, in the postseason and in October. But uh, definitely, I'm confident in Holiday and um, Hamels handling their business when they get out there and win it this year. Yeah, I worry about these layovers too. I don't like this at all. Uh, you you finish the series and you have to <laughs> wait a week. Come on, it's ridiculous. And then they wonder why the game's going to November, and it's not because it's not because the series takes so long. It's you have two week breaks in between series, and with baseball, that stuff that that bugs me. That stuff really bugs me. But look, when we come back, 
We're, uh, we're going to get back to some birds. We're going to have former Eagle Mike Quick on with us, talk some Eagles with us. And, uh, yeah, so we got the Phillies taken care of. Now we can get into some Eagles stuff. We'll be right back here on G Cobb now. <laughs> Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You already get the general sports headlines and discussion on TV and radio. Tune in to The Blueprint with Randall Gatewood. Yeah, we'll cover all the general big-name stuff, too, but we go beyond the typical sports radio show to bring you the details you don't get anywhere else. We'll talk about the inspirational stories and the little-known successes. If you want creativity, The Blueprint is the place to be. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Every Monday, tune in after the weekend games for Locker Room Views with Arturo Freeman. It's a sports show that'll keep you talking. We'll go inside the minds and lives of world-class athletes and hear about their views, opinions, and life experiences about the world of sports. Your host, former NFL great Arturo Freeman, will present an action-packed out every single week. Arturo Freeman, Locker Room Views, is live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. Right, welcome back, everybody, to GCOB in the House of VoiceAmericaSports.com. I am Micah Warren, along with Ron Knight from GCOB.com. And I am very pleased to introduce our guest. Uh, certainly, probably my favorite Eagle growing up, certainly one of them. Uh, one of the great receivers in the NFL, uh, Mr. Mike Quick. Are you there? Hey, yeah, I'm here. What's happening? How are you? How's it going, buddy? How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. And, and for, those, for those that don't know, obviously, uh, Mike Quick is also the color radio announcer, along with Merrill Reese. So he is probably as plugged into the Eagles as anybody. And, uh, Mike, we've got some concerns we've got to talk to you about. I, I think first and foremost, I mean, King Dunlap. Uh, Ray Dinger said earlier, a couple days ago, he said, I can't believe they're doing it, that they're going to let this guy go out there and protect Kevin Cobb's blind side. Are you worried about that? I mean, is, the other option, I guess, would be Austin Howard, but I've heard he's, got, he's had back issues, and he's not ready to go anyway. What's your take on the left tackle? Yeah, he's got some back issues. King Dunlap is you know, the healthiest. I, you know, if, um, I think if they wanted to really shake things up, they could move Todd Harriman's out there. Or if it gets too bad, they can move Todd Harriman's out there, and then you, you'd have to bring Nick Cole in to play guard. But um, they don't really want to do that, so – and Austin's not clearly not ready yet. Uh, Reggie Wells been here. He's been in Philadelphia a couple of weeks, so he's not quite ready, up to speed uh, in terms of all the calls and all the adjustments that need to be made at the line of scrimmage. So, really, you almost have to put King Dunlap out there. And um, 
You know, he's a decent player. The problem is King is so tall. It's hard to yeah. play that position when you're so tall because guys are going to get leverage on you. Guys are going to be able to push you around with that leverage. And, you know, with a guy that's 6'9", it's hard for him to bend his knees and be able to get down to where he needs to get his center of gravity to fight these guys off. So if he's not getting right. a real solid punch on defensive ends at the line of scrimmage, he's at a disadvantage. And can you think of anyone else besides Ogden that probably played that position well at that size? No, not in my lifetime. Uh, I'm, I'm so, sure I, mean, I don't know all the players that have played that position, but, you know, Jonathan Ogden, he was he, and he's truly just a, a freak of nature. And, yep. and Ogden really did have a very good base, could bend his knees and, and get low. Uh, and Ogden probably is 350 pounds, or, you know, and he was very, very good with his hands. And all of those very good hands, very good feet, because, you know, he has a basketball background as well. Um, good hands, good feet. And he was just one of those freaks of nature. Oh, yeah, he's first ballot. I mean, he's... Yes, he's in, absolutely. Uh, here's my concern with the O-line, and I want your take on this. Uh, even, even the Colts all those years, they always had continuity. And they had machines up there. Everybody knew what everybody else was doing. I don't know that there was a ton of all-world players. Um this, do you think there's enough talent on this offensive line that if they had continuity, which they clearly don't have, I mean, this has been a wreck. This has been plug-and-play all year uh, yes. for quite some time. But do you think there's enough talent if they had some continuity that these guys might be able to block for a few seconds? Well, I, I think you're right in that it's been plug-and-play. And, play and um, I think it's an offensive line that, that's, that's evolving, that it, Today they're not as good as they're going to be in a week or in two weeks. I think they keep you. Know, you know, I, I, I say that when I think of Mike McGlynn, who's the center, who I think mm-hmm. is really getting better at the position of playing center and, and making all the line calls and making the adjustments. But this offensive line, they have a lot of problems when teams are moving around, when they're stunning, when they're doing the tackle-in stunts and, and different things, and, and having to pass guys off and, and make the adjustments on the fly. Um, they have some talent, but um, there's a lot left that, that these guys need to get better at. And so it's safe to say they're going to continue to run these misdirections and stunts and things just to confuse them, if nothing Absolutely. else, I would think, right? Absolutely. Any team looking at this offensive line, they see the problems that they're having, and they just, they're going to hit those soft spots that this offensive line has and try and get to the quarterback. We always yeah. hear about um we always talk about their pass run ratio with yes. uh with um Dunlap unable to bend his knee uh his his knees the way he needs to to handle the bull rush. Also with Gene Gillis and they're getting a lot more time plus the emergence of Lashawn McCoy, plus the trade for um what's the guy from Cleveland, Jerome Harrison. Yep. You think yeah. they'll they'll run a little more or put a little more emphasis into it to um, keep keep the um keep their offensive line from being on their heels all the time? Uh, <laughs> it's the age-old question, isn't it? <laughs> Have you watched this team for the last 12 years? <laughs> I've watched them, but it, it, it seems like in the state that they're in now, especially with this line, I, I, I know how, how stubborn they can Yes. <laughs> Andy Reid, regardless, I, I don't if he if he has to march out old men like myself out, he's going to throw the football. And this team will average throwing the football at least 60% of the time. 
because that's what they do, and and, and that's what they're going to do. He's been here 12 years, and he's averaging throwing the football 60% of the time, running about 40% of the time, and sometimes that number is even higher than that. So he is going to throw the football regardless of um, who he has on the field. At quarterback, at any position, even when he had scrub-wide receivers, they were still throwing the football 60 65% (laughs) of the time. He ran it with Deuce for uh, the beginning of the 99 season. Yes. That didn't last too long. But we got uh, G. Cobb on the line now joining us. G, what's happening, buddy? I, how are you guys doing? We're good. We're just yeah, talking about the of Mike Quick. We're trying to get some kind of confidence in this offensive line. <laughs> good luck. And, and this, <laughs> just the names that we're going through is just depressing. I mean, this is – and you know what? There's another question for you guys. Uh, at isn't it a little shocking that he hasn't spent high pick, other than Jason Peters, who obviously he traded, uh, used a first-round pick to trade, but he hasn't really thrown high picks at this offensive line since, what, 04? I mean, usually Andy Reid's a big blind guy, especially in the draft, and a lot of times it wasn't always the fun pick, but it's the pick you have to have. Do you think they're paying the price a little bit for not addressing this in the, in the draft high enough? Well, actually, they they didn't address it in the draft, but I, I thought they tried to go out and address it in free agency market. I, I guess since, um, uh, what's his name, Big Sean? Uh, Sean Andrews. Andrews. Sean Andrews, yeah, since, yeah, yeah. Since Sean Andrews, I don't think they've gone after a high draft pick, but they have gone out in free agency and tried to pick up uh, what they thought would be, you know, Sean Andrews' brother um, and then the, the left tackle. Um, but, you know, they've just made some mistakes and some of the players that they've acquired over the past couple of years to try and play in the offensive line. You know, and, and oftentimes the offensive line, it, it's you, you, it's a hit or miss, and you're it's a lottery, and you're lucky when you get a guy that really pans out to be, you know, a real good player. Um, and then you come up with guys like a Jamal Jackson, who's a free agent, nobody drafted, and he ends up being a really solid player at the center position. It's so hard to pick big guys unless it's one of these guys that you know, that you know, that you know, that everybody knows is a blue chip and he's going to be a player. It's always a hit or miss with those guys. Yeah, especially when you trade all your picks down and get five of them in the sixth round and hope one ten pans out. But we have a caller on the line who wants to talk to Mike. We have Sam on the line. You have a question for Mike Quick? Yeah, how you guys doing? Uh, Sam in Philly. Uh, I guess my question about the offensive line is looking at them now, okay, they're not too bad. They may get better in the future. But not just Andy Reid as a coach, but who's the offensive line coach? And is the offensive line staff or coaching staff doing a good job with working with these guys? Because no matter whether you have Kevin Cobb, Mike Vick, or whoever in the backfield, if they're not prepared on Sunday or if they're not getting, you know, good coaching, then you can throw the ball all day long and we're, you know, and it's not going to make much difference. Well, you know what, I really, I don't completely agree with, with Mike. And um, I just don't think that the offensive line is is that bad. I know that they're not the best. But um, I think it's a decent offensive line. Yeah, they have their breakdowns. They have their problems. They, they give up sacks. Uh, but oftentimes what we don't see is that the quarterback can help this offensive line to, to play better, to be better, and, and getting rid of the football and a lot of the things that they do. If you look at the Eagles in their run average, um, per run average, it's higher than any other team in the National Football League. So when they're running the ball, 
obviously the offensive line is doing something right. They're, they're very effective in running the football. They pass the ball over 60% of the time. Um, and, yeah, they're giving up their, their, their share of sacks, but um, some of those sacks could be given to the quarterback. <laughs> could be the fault of the quarterback in a lot of cases. So I don't think they're as bad as you guys think that they are, but they, they do have room for improvement. Well, you know, uh, you, know you mentioned uh, about the quarterback uh, situation. Uh, I know um, one, one issue has been uh, with Kevin has been at different times where he would watch the rush. And I know uh, years ago uh, uh, I remember uh, – uh, Randall Cunningham talking about how he was reading the rush, you know. Yeah. And uh, that meant that he had his eyes down and he's looking at the rush, and, you know, you can't see what's happening downfield. And that has been an issue with Kevin. And uh, I know uh, I had read uh, where um, uh, Les uh, Bowen had said something about uh, the guys calling uh, Kevin scared uh, in that he was reading the rush. He's looking at the rush. He's not even looking downfield. And, and that's an issue a lot of times with a younger quarterback. Um, at his ex- with his experience level, you'd figure he wouldn't be doing that, uh, and he got away from it uh, the last game, even though he did it a few times. But as a, as a quarterback, you've got to have faith in the people in front of you, and you've got to look downfield, or you're pro- you're probably going to hang on to the ball and get sacked uh, if if you're looking at the rush because you're not looking da- downfield and you're not going to see when people come open. But you know the um, the thing with the line is, you know, this line, I mean, they gave up sacks in the past. Um, last year, you know, uh, you know, and, and I don't want to get into the Donovan thing, but, you know, this line gave up sacks. You know, one year they gave up 12 sacks in one game. Yes. I, so, I, think, my concern, I, I think one of the reasons why all the talk down. about the line, now understand this, they gave up 12 sacks in one game. And there wasn't all this talk about the line. I think my concern with the line stems more from Kevin Cobb's reaction to it and the fact, like you said, he doesn't trust them. That's the bigger problem for me. Well, you know, that's on him. I mean, he's, you know, because Vic played behind him. Yeah. Well, it's not always the line fault. What we're seeing oftentimes when there, when there are sacks, and uh, even when Michael was in the game, there are a couple of sacks that Michael took that really he shouldn't have taken. Um, but it was his fault more than the fault of the line, of the offensive line, where he actually should have stepped up in the pocket and avoided a sack. And I've watched him go down taking a sack like that, or, or trying to get away from pressure and running in, actually running into pressure when he should have been going up in the pocket. Uh, just little things like that. Um, and, and but the offensive line, they they always are the are the guys that um, get the blame for situations like that. But uh, the offensive line, they are not the best, and they can, they can be a whole lot better. But it's an offensive line that I think you can work with. And, and I think, I think you, you mentioned the offensive line coach. That's Juan Casillo. And I think Juan does a great job in teaching offensive line play. Hey, maybe I'm being a little too hard. We've got to take a quick break. We will come back with more Mike Quick talking more Philadelphia Eagles on G Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. We'll see you in a few. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
Hey, football fans, are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. All right, everybody, we are back here on G-Cobb in the house. I am Micah Warren, along with G-Cobb, Haran Knight from G-Cobb.com, and former stud Eagles wide receiver Mike Quick. And we've been talking to Eagles, but Mike, I want you to talk about a great organization you're working with, American Lung Association's Influenza, uh, Influenza Prevention Program. Uh, how did you first get involved with them? Well, uh, basically, they, they came to me because uh, lots of people that um, are celebrity-type sports figures, uh, they, they got involved in the whole influenza campaign, just to bring more awareness to uh, the whole issue of people getting vaccinated uh, or people having to deal with the flu and the complications that that uh, that surrounds having the flu, um, and just asking people who have dealt with it to help to spread the word of the importance of getting these shots. And um, myself, I actually got the flu years ago and ended up in the hospital for three days. So uh, after dealing with that and seeing how how that beat me down, I just uh, th- thought it was a natural for me to help them to spread the word about the importance of it. And um, and see now the the CDC is recommending that that not just uh, older people or uh, people with problems get it, but everyone from six months old and older or older than six months. Everyone now is is really a face of influenza and should be considering getting shots or getting shots to prevent uh, the flu and complications that that are that surround the flu. 
And now, uh, this is something, I mean, because I've heard people say, well, I'm not getting a flu shot or I'm okay. Is this something everybody should be doing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially now, if, and, and guys like us who are constantly in the public and shaking hands and around people and all these germs and things that are flying around, man, you, you're, you're, you know, you're coming into contact with all sorts of things. So uh, it really, I think, I think it prevents a whole lot of problems that could occur uh, down the line. And, you know, my... Especially if you if you had any type of issues, any type of health health issues, uh, pre-existing conditions, uh, asthma or sickle cell or any type of heart disease or anything like that, then any anyone like that definitely should get them. But as I said, the, the, the CDC kind of expanded their recommendation to everybody that's over six months of age. They recommend that you you go in and get your shots, and really you can get them at at a lot of the uh, Drugstores now. You don't have to go into a doctor's office. Really? Yeah. You, and then there's a lot of detail on. If you visit facesofinfluenza.org, there's a lot of detail on that site that'll tell you really all the things that you need to know. All right. Awesome. Facesofinfluenza.org. Go check it out. Get your flu shot. You too, G. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to be a good boy. And uh, <laughs> see, get your shot, man. And your grandkids, you know. They don't have to worry about Pop Pop getting sick, and you can hang out and play with them, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, we we don't want nothing to happen to Pop Pop. That's right. Yeah, you too, Haran. I think the three of us should take a trip and go get our flu shots. Not not a problem. I want to yeah, okay. see my daughters get old. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's definitely something, something everybody should do. Again, that's facesofinfluenza.org. Uh, it's a great organization. And to get back to... Um, to the Eagles, I had a question for you, Mike, and, and, and sure. gee, I want you to answer this, too. Uh, Roderick Bunkley obviously is not as uh, bad as we thought, um, but my question is kind of about the defensive tackles. One, how much is his absence going to hurt the Eagles? And two, what are your takes on Patterson and Bunkley? I, I kind of feel like they've gotten a free pass. Like, you know, they're good, not great. I don't think they get enough penetration. How are you guys, What do you think of the defensive tackles overall? Is G going first? Go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Mike. You, you go. Ahead. You're our guest, well, Mike. Listen, I, 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 Mike, I, I'm a, I agree. I, I don't think they, they, they bring enough to the party. I don't think they make a big enough impact. Um, I think they should be a little more dominant. You need them to be more dominant for this team to be successful in collapsing the pocket, for this team to be successful in stopping the run between the tackles, stopping the run in the middle of the field, allowing Stuart Bradley to – freely flow to the football and make plays. These big guys in the middle, they have to be more dominant. Um, in fact, I think that when Antonio Dixon went into the game on Sunday, I, I thought he played better. I thought he got better push up front. Uh, I thought he was he penetrated a little bit more, you know, causing the backs to redirect. Um, so yeah, I think there there needs to be better play up front, and and it makes the entire defense a whole lot better. Even dare I say, Trevor Laws, he's been a little bit better this year. He has Trevor Laws has played a lot better this year. He's really gotten quicker, um, stronger. Somehow, somehow he gets skinnier getting through the hole, and and um, you know he's getting a little more penetration than than we've seen him. And he's playing with a little more fire under them under him than I've seen him play with in past years. Right, right, right. You know, I, you I couldn't you? say enough about uh, this. Uh, it's it's just like uh, when when they decided just to use those guys on first and second down, 
you know, I, I do think they've gotten a pass. I mean, if you look at the the top shelf uh, defensive tackles in the league, they stop the run and they put pressure. They get a push, and they are an effective part of the pass rush. They get sacks. Uh, they they uh, present pressure from inside. And uh, I think they've gotten a break in that, oh, yeah, well, you just do one thing. Just try to keep the guys off of the linebacker, and that's fine. You've done right. your job. You know, that's, that's not enough. I, I think they should be involved and be better pass rushers. And, you know, it, it makes you a, a better football team. You know, if you've got those dominators in the middle, I, and I, I, um, I really kind of point at it, and I, 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 I don't know him real well, the defensive line coach, but I've, I've never been impressed with him. Uh, I don't think he, you know, he's uh, anything to write home about, as far as I'm concerned, uh, because I don't, I don't think he makes those guys better. And I think oh, over this time that those guys should have been getting better, especially a guy like Bunkley, uh, who is, you know, a, a beast as, with the strength. Yeah, yeah. At least give me a couple of good power moves. If you just get off the ball quickly. You should be able to at least not allow the quarterback to step up, and that's going to make the the defensive ends better. Where's well, the thing? I think both of them are, are. If you look at the offensive linemen, look at the defensive linemen around the league that are dominant players, they're smallish. In this defense, they're, they're built small. They're built to pass rush, and you know these guys go around 300 pounds. Well, 300 pounds or 310 pounds, that's small in this league for a down lineman for a defensive tackle. That that's a small guy in this league, uh, so so when you bring in a guy that's 330 pounds, um, he, he's more powerful. He can give you a little more push. I'm talking about Antonio Dixon. He, he he comes in. He can give you a little more push. He's a little more powerful in the middle, and therefore he's a little more effective than the other guys. He Antonio Dixon is closer to 330 pounds, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he is bigger. Yeah, than he's 330. Guys. Right, but Mike Mike Patterson looks like quite a load out there. I mean, I think he's getting bigger. I think I think he's hitting the tasty cakes. He <laughs> is a load out there, and that's kind of surprising that he doesn't get more push. And another thing about these guys too, and I'm curious. Uh, I, I was talking to somebody about this before. These are both first round picks. Do you do you really take a defensive tackle in the first round that's only going to be a first and second down guy? And do you think? It's more scheme that they get subbed out because they love putting those little defensive ends inside and going for defensive ends. Right. Do you think do you think that's more of their scheme that they like to do, or more of an indictment on those two? No, I think it's the scheme. I, I think it's that that they want to have quicker guys. They want to have more athletic guys. When it comes to third down, you want to have athletes on the field. You want to have more playmakers on the field. And if it's because of um, running different twists or stunts, or because these guys have moves that they can. Uh, get rid of the blocker and get into the backfield. You want to have your better athletes and more athletes on the field when it's time to get the, get at the quarterback. When you know it's an obvious passing situation. Now I tell you, you know, one guy that uh, made a big play that makes me you know think, think of is just you mentioning that is Daryl Tap. I got to admit that uh, Daryl Tap hadn't really showed much uh, for the first while that he was here, but once the game started. Yeah. You can see that they need to find a way to let Daryl Tapp get on the field uh, because he, he get when he gets in there, he makes some plays. So, and I, thought, I think that's one of the reasons they felt that Antoine Bond was, was expendable because they once Tapp started playing and they saw what he brought to the party, uh, there was no need to have that, that sixth or, or fifth uh, 
defensive end. No, exactly. And, and to stick with the defense here, I, I want to get your take on this, Mike, because this is deba- heavily debated. I hear so many people, oh, that Ernie Sims, I love that guy. I watch the games. I, what are you watching? What is your take on Ernie Sims? I, I, he, he's very fast, and I've seen him chase people down. This guy's an athlete. But that doesn't make him a good linebacker. I, I just, I, I'm not seeing it. I mean, are, are you happy with this play so far? Uh, no, I, I think he's up and down. I, I think he's learning the system. I, I think he has to get comfortable in the system. I, I, I like you. I think he's very athletic. He's very fast. Um, I think there's potential there that we haven't seen yet. I, I think he has the ability to do a lot of things, but we haven't seen it yet. I agree with that. Uh, but he's a guy that I would be willing to work with a little bit longer just to see as he gets more comfortable with the defense, can he make more plays in this defense? And he has to be able to make more plays in this defense. Yeah, and G, have you changed your opinion at all since, you know, uh, seeing him early on? Like, have you seen well, you know, I, 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 I just think that uh, it, it makes me wonder about, you know, everybody working with him because, as great of an athlete as he is, and he's a great athlete to be playing uh, linebacker with his quickness and everything. If he would, if he were just more, had better anticipation of what was going on, he should be getting his hands on footballs. I mean, I, I'm amazed that a guy can play four years and get one interception, <laughs> and he's playing all the nickel downs, and he's as quick as he is. He just obviously is not. He's not reading the routes. And, and and the things that he needs it can't be done during the season, really. He needs to get in the film. He needs to understand, this is what this offense is trying to do to you. Like, when you see this guy influence you this way, you know, hey, there's a guy coming in behind you, you know, so that he can anticipate. And really, a lot of times, uh, I, I know on nickel, a lot of times you can fake the quarterback. If you drop him into a zone, he, you know you got that curl coming back in you. Well, you can make like you're you're doing exactly what he wants you to do. Which you you're gonna break up here on this on this uh, short route. You fake it and and drop right back, and he throws the ball right to you because they're reading you. And so things like that. Uh, I don't see him doing that from that cerebral part of the game, and uh, that's what they've got to get him to play that game. He should be in there because uh, he doesn't act like a veteran linebacker. Like I don't hear him talking about. Hey, they're going to do this. They t- they're trying to do this, and usually, if the guys played a while, you start right. seeing things like, okay, hey, they're running that screen over there, you know. Right, right. And and, uh, and uh, you know, um, I would just like to see somebody work with him because I think he has the capabilities. I mean, and that if he, once he starts doing that, you mix that with his in- intensity and his and his speed and everything, man, I, you see a guy that's got to be making big plays, just like as a blitzer. I've seen him yeah. get off the ball pretty good on a couple of blitzes, but a lot of that, you got to read things. You read somebody going in motion, they get to a certain point. They can't go any further. They get ready to snap the ball. Get up there and get ready, and, 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 and at times you just want to anticipate that that ball is going to be snapped, and you get a split-second jump. That's when you cause a fumble. You get to the quarterback, you know, different things like that. So I think he's got the capabilities of it. And I, I just think that I would push him. If I were coaching him, I'd push him a little more and say, hey, hey, look, Ernie, look, I want you to have confidence. Did you see something? Go get it. You know, you don't have to explain to me. I thought, look, you see this happen, go get that. Don't, well, don't, so. we're gonna have to, don't play careful, we're gonna, you know. 
we're going to have to buy him some football instincts. But we've got to take a break. I, I want to thank our guest, Mike Quick, for coming on. We really sure. appreciate you you're coming on and talking some birds with us. Make sure you check out facesofinfluenza.org. We will come right back here with more G-Cobb in the house on Voice of Hey, and I'll be over there to get something to eat. Yeah, take care, guys. <laughs> Is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neill. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Are you ready to talk football with the greatest wide receiver player and coach in NFL history? Tune in to Wide Open with Andre Rison. Andre is ready to talk to you and give his thoughts on the sport. There'll be celebrity guests, coaches, players, artists, and more. He'll go beyond the game with a look from the coach's point of view and feature a high school player each week. Tune in to Wide Open with host Andre Rison. Featured Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. The IS Outdoors Talk Radio Show brings two well-known outdoorsmen to the Voice America Network. We talk about everything from new sporting gear, places to hunt and fish, and how to get more from your recreation time. Join hosts Brock Ray and Don Kirk. With their combined experience of 60 years in the woods, Brock and Don have traveled widely, creating TV shows and writing articles on hunting and fishing. Blessed with down-home humor, they're also well-versed in environmental concerns, firearms ownership, and animal rights issues. Tune in every Thursday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time to IS Outdoors with Brock Ray and Don Kirk, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house featuring Gary Cobb and co host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or send an email to Gary Cobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. All right, everybody, we're back here on G-Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. I'm Michael Warren along with G-Cobb and Haran Knight of G-Cobb.com. 
And we were talking some Eagles with uh, with Mike Quick before, and I wanted to see if we can touch on some of the rest of the NFL because there's a few surprises so far this year, and there's always somebody that jumps out to a good start or somebody that starts off poorly and they get it turned around or whatever. So I'm curious who you guys think is actually for real in the league. I mean, Kansas City is at three and one, and they're playing some decent football. Uh, the Cowboys and Vikings at one and three. Can that last? I mean, let's start with the NFC East. Uh, the Redskins, Eagles, and Giants are all three and two, and the Cowboys are at one and three. I it, I hesitate to say this because they just shoot themselves in the foot every week. I still think they're probably the best team in the division. I think they're the most talented team in the division. Am I crazy? Are they going to have a loud uh, year? You know, gonna... you can't go. Uh, I don't think that. I mean, I think it's gotten to the point where you just can't go by the most talented anymore. Uh, if you look at the way they play, I mean, if you got a team that continues to make the mistakes that they make, um, you know, uh, Tony Romo does a lot of great things, but, you know, like guys that have been before him, racked up great yardage, like uh, Brett Favre has been on teams where they racked up great yardage, throwing the ball all over the place, you turn the ball over, and, you know, I, c- I can't say enough. If you're going to turn the ball over, you're going to lose. I don't care how much yardage you're gaining. If you're going to turn the ball over, you're going to lose. And we saw that with uh, Dallas, uh, you know, against uh, Tennessee. And if they continue to do it, they're not even going to make the playoffs, you know. Uh, and uh, it's, it's as simple as that. So being impressive and putting up yardage is, is not what winning is about. So uh, I think it's gotten to the point with Dallas where, you know, you've got to acknowledge it, that that's a part of their game. And it's not They've been doing it since the Redskins game in week one, the way they gave that game away. So they just yeah, been a real penalty too. Thing. It doesn't even seem like it's just turnovers. They are. And see, you know, th- these are some of the things where sometimes boring is better than, you know, all of the bright lights. If you don't beat yourself, and I can't say it enough about uh, Donovan McNabb in the Redskins game against the um, – who did they play last week? They played the uh, the, the Packers. Okay. The, the, their offense was horrible, the Redskins' offense. They were doing nothing. Okay? Mm-hmm. I turned away from the game. I said, you know, they don't have a chance. I turned back over there and what? Donovan has made a big play where he, 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 was, he was about to get sacked. He steps away from the, the sack. He steps up. He throws a bullet down, and Montgomery catches it in the end zone. Boom, touchdown. Okay? Now, he was getting uh, pummeled, and this is a, if, and we saw if Cobb gets pummeled like that, he can't take it. You right. know, and a lot of quarterbacks, if the offensive line is not playing well and the offense isn't going well, they're going to throw you some interceptions. But one thing that McNabb doesn't do is he, he won't do that. He'll stay in the game, and he'll look bad, but he won't just give the game away. And therefore, they're still around, the defense is playing well, they're still there, then you end up stealing the game like that, and... Uh, we know we've seen him play a bunch of games just like that. So everybody comes out and says, "Oh, he was horrible in that game," but they won. Right. Whereas you got a guy like Romo who throws for 350 yards, throws three or four interceptions, and loses the game at bad times. Uh, Haran, who do you like in the East, the East right now? Based on everything you've seen, I got to. I don't think anybody loves any one of these teams. Does anybody stand out to you? Nobody's the saying that in, in, in the NFC East. It's, it's a whole enigma. Like the Giants, I don't know what they have. One week they're killing somebody, and then the week before that, it, 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 they were getting their behinds beat. 
So I don't know what to expect from them. But then another team uh, with Eli Manning, he, even no matter how many yards he throws, he's still throwing a lot of interceptions in there and is allowing teams to stick around. So I don't know what to expect from them. The most consistent team, I would say, is right now is the Redskins because they're keeping teams down. and they're all, they're, They've been in every game that they've, they've played. Yeah, I mean, and, and G said it. It's, Donovan will just keep you in the game. G, you like the, Red, the Giants, though, right now? Uh, do I like the Redskins? I mean, there's, there's certain things I like about them, but I'm not sold on them. I I, I do think. I mean, I got uh, I've liked what the Giants have done the last couple games because I saw their pass rush kind of come, and uh, I, I think they are able to score. They do make a lot of mistakes, but if I look at them, I think they've got they've seen uh, they've got more potential than what I've seen from everybody else because they could have a dominating defense, and uh, I think they have the capabilities of putting points on the board. Yeah, I think I agree with you there. Uh, I, I, I do kind of like the Giants, but well, we got to run. But I'll tell you what: the Cowboys' margin for error is getting really slim, and they're going to be out of this thing soon if they don't get that fixed. But we want to thank our guest, Mike Quick, for coming on with us. For G Cobb, Haran Knight from GCobb.com. I'm Micah Warren. We will see you guys next week. Let's see those Phils can go get to the Giants tomorrow night. Have a good one. Take care. Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of G Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and Micah Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.